Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. And so the caption today, the Alpha and Omega. The Alpha and Omega. Oh, blessed Lord, we want to thank you for having been so good to us. You have granted us the privilege of meeting together in this fashion. You have given us yet another opportunity to qualify for eternity. And we want to thank you, Lord. Bless us now and bless this study to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. The Alpha and Omega. When we, when we think of Alpha and Omega, we think of supreme authority, especially the way the blessed Lord presented it. We are thinking of extreme authority. In other words, this authority is second to none. Second to none. Because it is supreme. We think about the blessed Lord then as creator. But more so, we, we think of him as the omnipotent one. You know, our blessed Lord has four incommunicable attributes. These attributes cannot be communicated. In other words, they cannot be passed on to other people, to nobody who is existing. And one of them is his omnipotence. He is all-powerful, and we are not going to be like that. So it is an incommunicable attribute of the blessed Lord. And the next one is his omniscience. Omniscience. He knows everything. He knows it all. And he knows it, I mean he has the beginning in his hand and he has the end in his hand. He knows what's going to happen back then. Way, way, way back there. And, and he knows what happened way back then and, and, and before anybody was alive, so to speak. So that he, his omniscience tells him every single thing that's going on. He knows what's going on. He even has an x-ray vision with his omniscience. In other words, he doesn't just see what is on the surface. But with his x-ray vision, he sees what's in the heart. He knows everything. And then he has this other attribute known as 
omnipresence. Omnipresence. He is everywhere present at the same time. Now, no human being has that attribute. No human being. It's incommunicable. And the next thing that he has is the immutability. Immutability. He, he does not change. He does not change. I am the Lord, and I change not. You can read it in Malachi. I am the Lord. I change not. So that if we trust the Lord today because of whom he is, we wouldn't have to fear because he's not going to change. And, and, and when we lean on human beings, we find that our fellow men change from time to time. But we can trust the Lord with tomorrow as we trust him with today. So you think of these four incommunicable attributes. He's omnipotent, his omnipresence, omniscience, and immutability. And, and he has communicable attributes, and especially if we were to mention them all, we would leave a little later than the time. But let's just take love. Love. And, and the Bible says, he that loveth not knoweth not God, because God is, is love. Now, now, why would the scripture say, he that loveth not, if it was not communicable? Well, now, we're in the classroom, aren't we? We're in the classroom now. And I'm saying the scripture is saying, he that loveth not, which means it's, it's possible for him to love. So that's a communicable attribute. So that the Lord wants us to, to love. In so much that he says, love one another as I have loved you. So this is a communicable attribute. And, and it, it, is, it is practiced in the home first of all. It's practiced in the home. Where first of all, the husband loves the wife. And the Lord asks him to do it. The Lord says, love your wife even as Christ loved the church. So this is communicable. And, and, and it can be done. And sometimes you wonder how folks live together and don't love each other. But that love is seen, as we studied that lesson, it is, it is seen in the parents and, and the children. Oh, they admire it. And they learn to love. Say amen. They learn to love because they see it in the parents. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
Now, I want us to understand something here now. That making these things grand realities in our period of existence is what the Lord wants. He wants that while we are existing, while we are living, that we make these things realities in our lives. Because if not, when? If not now, when? There is no second time around. It is this first time around, the only time around in which it must be done. So the matter is, let's get on with it. The love relationship. And if we understand, basically, the love relationship, then we would establish a, a wonderful one with the blessed Lord. And according to John, 1 John 4 and verse 19, he says, we love him because he first loved us. First loved us. Isn't that wonderful? Wonderful. And so, as we look now, as a preamble, we look now as students into the fact that these words were uttered by Jesus himself. I am Alpha and Omega. But then I want you to see that prefixing all this is a statement that the end is at hand. You know, like the young folks, the children growing up now, and they're looking forward to one day, as soon as they, they see folks around the place who get married and they attend some marriage ceremony, they think that one of these days, oh yes, I'm only six years now, but one of these days. But um, we do not know. You see, things are going to be happening as normal. Folks are going to be driving. Some are going to be sleeping when the Lord comes. In other words, it's going to be as now. Just the way we live now. And the things we do when Jesus comes. But the Lord says, that time is at hand. I want you to note something now. That time is at hand. Revelation 22. And, and, and when, when the blessed Lord comes out with something like that, we begin to think. And it's about verse 10. It's half from 8 coming down. And, and when we get to verse 11, it, it tells us there that he that is unjust at that time, at that time, he that is unjust, well, let him remain unjust still. Now, I want you to consider this, let him remain. Uh, 
when you look at the active voice now and the passive voice, um, is he really remaining like that? Is he active in this? Uh, let him remain. In other words, the text is saying that's how he's going to be. Hmm. Not that, that, that he is actually now working hard to keep it like that, but that's how he's going to be. That's how he's going to be. So he that is unjust in that day will remain in that condition. And it says, and he that is filthy, filthy, let him remain filthy still. But look at the joy that comes after now. And he that is righteous, come on now, folks. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Holy still. Now, in that situation, in that state, this person is giving God the praise that is due unto him. He's a plus, not a minus. A plus. Because now he is righteous and holy. Come on now. Now, let's not forget that as a man lives, so he dies. And as a man lives, so the Lord is going to meet him when he comes. Oh, yes. So it's good to practice the positive lifestyle. And remain in the realms of the positive and the worthy. Because that's how we are to live if that's the way the Lord is going to meet us. So he says um, the text. It says, behold, I come quickly. Now, I want you to note something special. Behold, I come quickly. Verse 12. Think, just think of it now. In a classroom, and an and exam is coming up. And you want to get 100%. 100%. And this text is saying, this verse is saying, Behold. I come quickly. Behold. In other words, what this text is saying is that as you look at the signs of the times, as you look at what's happening around you, as you look at the fulfillment of prophecy, it is vivid, it is convincing, it is overt that the time is at hand. So he says, behold, look at what's going on and, and look 
Look, behold, I come quickly. But then, what a wonderful God we serve. What a wonderful God we serve. He says, and my reward is with me. <laughs> now, you, you tell me. Let me take this thing out. Tell me, you, you want to serve a better God than this one? He says, my reward is with me to give every man. Uh, he's not going to leave one person out. He says he's going to give every man according as his work shall be. Oh, that should make you feel good. It makes me feel wonderful because I know the Lord is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And so we understand as, as we move on in there. How that the blessed Lord, he says, I am now, he says, I am Alpha and Omega. And that's the caption of the sermon. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. I want us to see something now. He says, blessed are they that do his commandment. That they might have right to the tree of life. I might enter in through the gates into the city. Now tell me, when, when you're going to any function and, and, you, and you walk up to the gate and some, the person who is at the gate says, oh, Mr. Jones, happy to see you. Come on in. Don't you feel good? It feels good. And here he says, now the person who is obedient to the Lord would have the privilege of going through the gate into the city. Through the gate into the city. So whoever is at the gate is going to acknowledge. The angels at the gate would acknowledge you as a redeemed person. An overcomer. Enter. I mean, enter. Isn't that what you're looking forward to? And so this matter of the plan of redemption is no myth. It's no myth. It is for real. It is for real. God is preparing a people for that day. For that day, when looking at the octopus, the octopus mystery of wickedness, and the glorious mystery of godliness, we see the outcome, the outcome, the joy of the saints going through the gates into the city. And who's going to make that? Possible for you and me, the Alpha and Omega. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You see, the blessed Lord knows what our destiny is going to be. 
He knows the destiny of every single person. He knows. And he wants us to know that he is the alpha. He's there before anything was there. And he's going to be there when everything else is gone. I am the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. Now, why would the Lord use that? Why would he mention this alpha and omega business? I want you to understand something special. You know, we had four world empires. Babylonians were around. The Medes and the Persians came after. And then the Greeks. Remember that now. And then Rome tailed it. But I want you to see something special here now. The Greeks were in dominance for 163 years. The then known world, ruled by, by the Greeks for 163 years. Now note something special now. So then the language then, the language that was spoken, what, what was the Greek language? And the Jews that went around, they called them Hellenistic Jews. These people who, who had the, 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 the Greek influence, the Greek culture. And they, they spread, they just spread the news all around. So for the 163 years, it, it was this language now that saturated the whole realms. The Greek language. Now, the first letter in the Greek is the A, just like the English one. But the last is O. It's an O. It made like a W. They call it the long O. You have a short O, the one that is round, and the one that is made like a W is the long O. So when, when it says alpha, is at the beginning of the alphabet, but this is the Greek alphabet, and people used to use that. He, so he had them on common ground because that was the spoken language, the Greek was the spoken language. So he said, I am Alpha, the first letter. And I am Omega, the last letter. Now we would say here Z, you know, as the last for English, the alphabet. But, but the Greek alphabet had 24 letters. 24. And the one we know here, from the English folks, it has 26. F and H were left out of the Greek alphabet. And because when you put P, H, I, they call it phi, and takes care of the F. And, and then we come to the point where they have what is known as a rough breeder a rough breather that they put over the vowel to give the, the H sound. So and would be hand because of the rough breather. And that brings in the H. So the blessed Lord now was, was on common ground with the people. 
something that they knew. So when he said, I am Alpha and Omega, he was planting it in that he is the beginning and he's the end. Using the alphabet. So now, we see that he has authority. I mean, universal authority. And the Lord went on into saying a few things well. And we have him here as no ordinary person. Because he has a love that will not let us go. Aren't we happy for that? A love that follows us. Like Revelation 3 and verse 8. There about he says, and, you know, behold, I set before you an open door. And, and the blessed Lord, that door of opportunity. You're young and it's there. You're old and it's there. And we're hoping that our probationary time has not ended without the decision made for him. So here we have, we're looking at something special. And we're thinking that the blessed Lord loves us so much that he wants us. He wants us to be there for him. He wants us to be, to be there for him. And this open door, the door of opportunity, is what he has given to all of us human beings. Paul reiterated it when he wrote a letter to Titus. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. He said, the grace of God which bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And then he said, looking for the blessed hope. Come on now. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. That he might just redeem us from all iniquity. Bring us back from all iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. This is the, this is the business of salvation. In other words, people go to the supermarket and they shop. And they go all over the place and do things. But we are talking about the plan of salvation. Amen. That's what we are talking about now. And in this plan of salvation, the Lord has given opportunity for us to qualify for eternity. And we should take it seriously. Amen. Seriously. That level of attention, that level of awareness should be high. Maximum attention. Way up there, as if you're learning to, to drive a car. Think of, of the plan of salvation as if you're learning to drive. Pay attention. And in this classroom, we are acknowledging Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega. In other words, nobody's going to slip by. <laughs> 
Oh, no. There's no slipping by like, like one fellow said, but when I get there, and, and Peter might know me. And let me through the, through the gate. And some folks say, oh, when the Lord, when the Lord comes, what are you going to tell him? Brethren, all the telling has been done already. When the Lord comes, that decision has been made long time. Long time. But what we want now is to make our calling and election sure. Because we're dealing with the Alpha and Omega. I mean, the Lord, he, he's up there with authority. When we look at Psalms 33, Elder, Psalm 33, and, and come down there to verse 8, and so inside there, he says, he said, let, let, let the earth, the whole earth, just fear the Lord. Let the earth fear the Lord. All the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, verse 9, and it was done. Come on now. I mean, this is power. This is power. He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast, meaning it appeared. It appeared. He, he commanded and woo, he, you see it in front of him. It appeared. And so we want to understand today that, that when the Lord has the Alpha and Omega, he has our destiny in his hand. And we want it to be an eternal destiny. We want it to be so. So he says, um, He is head of the church. He's head of the church. Husband is head of the wife, as Christ is head of the, of the church. Just giving an example. As, as in panorama. Just as husband head of wife, so I'm head of church. Now, the church has many members. And Elder Campbell is still putting that clock in front of me like that. As a reminder. I didn't realize it had gone so far. So I have to just leave out some of this stuff and, and go straight on. The church, the head of the church. I want you to understand that the church, when we spell church, we still spell church C-H-U-R-C-H. -H. We still do that. You have C-H at the beginning and C-H at the end. Why did you do this then? The C-H is for Christ. At the beginning and at the end. And so the church is embodied, embodied by the blessed Lord. He's Alpha 
and his omega. He called the church into existence. And he is going to determine what's going to happen to the church. Oh, yes. Now, there's no church without you. And that's why you is also in there. You notice you? C-H-U. No church without you. <laughs> so that the people who are called out of the world now, you have come in and are embraced by the blessed Lord as his church. Come on. Well, what about the R? The R is for redemption. And the Lord has come to redeem you in the middle. So we have a rescue mission. The R for rescue, for redemption. The church. No, folks. Christ is head of the church. He's head of the church. He says he's head of the church. And we believe it. Now, in practical lifestyle, and when we're dealing with anatomy and physiology, when, we, when, we, when we're dealing with human existence, we understand that whatever the members of the body do, they got the message from the head. Are you listening to me? The cranium, the brain, Protected by the cranium. And let me tell you something, folks. The message that goes out to the members of the body, limbs, left and right, and, and left and right, these messages come from the head. Oh, yes. So that when Christ gives the message, when Christ says what should happen, what should be done, the members of the body. Come on now. Members. He is head of the body. The body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And he is head of the body. And when he gives that order, the members are to be in obedience. Now, if the members do something different from the order that comes from the head, the abnormality is not with the head. Oh. The abnormality is not from here. It's in here. The member is doing what he likes. He didn't get the message from here. He's head of the church. Now, folks, <laughs> let's just look at this now. You think that all these words and everything is they're, they're just coincidental? Oh, no. Why? The Lord knew that we would have C-H-U-R-C-H in the English language. He knew that. He knew that. How he knew that? Because he's the beginning and the end. <laughs> he's the Alpha and the Omega. Oh, yes. 
And so this would explain his sovereignty and his power in our destiny. This explains it. And the Lord wants us to be beneficiaries of his grace. He wants us to be beneficiaries of his grace. And so he says, as a body, as a body, let us get the message from the head and carry it out. Let us be obedient. Grace. His grace is sufficient. Grace. Look at the word grace. G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Look at that. God's riches at Christ's expense. You can't want it any better. You can't want it any better. And this is the plan of redemption. This is the plan of redemption. I am Alpha and Omega. I have the first word and I have the last word. Your eternal destiny is all in my hand. I am responsible to give to you what you deserve. He says, my reward is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. You believe that? How many of you today would like to say by standing, Lord, I want to be obedient to you because you know it all. And I want to have eternal life with you. And you know it all. And you want to say, Pastor, when you pray, please lift me up in prayer. Would you stand? Lift me up in prayer. Lift me up in prayer. Now, brethren, I said that for me to lift you up in prayer. But I want you to also lift me up in prayer. Please, let us pray. Loving Father, we give you thanks, Lord, for the opportunity that you have given us to know your word to study into your word. And we, like the songwriter, would like to say, more about Jesus let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God my teacher be, showing the things of God and Christ to me. We want to learn more. And Lord, we want to be there for you to be used in this plan of redemption. It's a rescue mission. And we want to be part and parcel of it. To be identified with you. In the rescue mission. Give us the unction we pray. Keep us in the palm of your hand. And Lord. By your faith. By the faith that was exhibited. In the father. And by it, we learn to trust you with the faith, the faith of the human being. Lord, I pray that our faith would become grand realities. 
when we bask in the sunshine of thy grace. The sunshine of thy glory. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.